This is the More Than Fitness Podcast with Matt McLeod. Alrighty, podcast Phil. What is going on? It's currently Friday, 11.32 p.m. here in beautiful Lexington, Kentucky. Oh, wow. Mm. Off to a solid start already. Um, all right. Yeah, 11.32 p.m. I'm here in my apartment. I'm currently not in Silly Goose Studios right now. Uh, I just wanted a little bit more friendly vibe. I've got I've got a candle going. I've been playing some music. I've got some Woodford Reserve, some good old Kentucky uh, uh, whiskey on tap here, um, and uh, things are good. I've been I've been listening to some music. I actually want to kick this off real quick. I just want to set the t- set the tone real quick, and uh, I want to play a little tidbit here from my good old friend Bishop Gunn from his song called Shine. One sec, here we go. That's my boy right there. If any of y'all uh, listen to Theo Vaughn, um, he's a he's a stand up comedian. That that that's his song. Um, that's his intro song. And whenever I heard it for the first time ever, I was like, dude, I've got to I've got to look this up and, and figure out what's going on here. Um, but yeah, that that's Bishop Gun. That's Shine. Uh, every time I listen to that song, I'm just uh, I just I, I feel good. I'm in a much better mood after I listen to it. Um, but uh, yeah, man, we're here. We're doing this damn thing. Uh, it's it's taken me quite some time now to to look through these questions, figure out which ones I want to answer, um, and try to not sound like a complete dumbass while I uh, go through these on this on this beautiful Friday night. One sec, I'm gonna go ahead and take a sip. Hear that little sound real quick? Oh wait, there's a there's a little bit of ice in here. That rich sound whenever the uh, the ice clinks off the the side of the glass. Um, thank you guys for being here for the second edition of the Drunk Cast. Uh, I love doing these; it's a really fun time. And yeah, this is this is my excuse to drink alcohol and also get some work done on the weekend at eleven thirty-five. And again, this. This is my life. Uh, all right, Qu- question number one. And this question, might I add, is one of the best questions I've ever heard in my entire life. And it took me quite some time to figure out a good answer. So, wait one sec. The person that asked this was the Ginger King. So, whoever the Ginger King is, this one's for you. Um, all right, you wake up one day a 100 years in the future. The world is fucked, like 
way worse than Mad Max or Fallout 3. And there's only one government left trying to save and revive humanity. But this government has discovered time travel, and they have a plan to save humanity. They will send one human back in time to bring back 12 of the biggest names from history to fight to the death to become the next leader of humanity. That human they choose is you. What 12 people from history do you pick? And in parentheses, it says good, evil, male, female, historically known, or not so well known. Doesn't matter. Okay. Um, So, for the 12 people that I chose, the very first person, which seems fitting to my ultimate man crush um, and the, the podcast conversationalist king himself... I had to choose Joe Rogan. Uh, I, I chose Joe because one, I think he's he's got good judgment. Uh, he's he's reasonable, he's personable, and he's uh, he's just a good guy. And also, he can kick you in the face very hard. Uh, so anybody else that's in here that's fighting him, he is obviously very good at mixed martial arts. And um, yeah, he could, he would, he would really whoop some ass. So I think he would have a really, really good shot um, at, at beating almost every other contender here. And I just, I feel like that he would be a good next leader of humanity. Um, all right. The second person I would choose would be Teddy Roosevelt. Um, so good old Theodore, good old bull moose Roosevelt. Um I have, I have, I, I'm not going to act like I know tons about Teddy Roosevelt and all of his shit. So I've got up his, his Wikipedia and things. And I, I learned a few things before, but he was one of the people that came to my mind. And I was like, I want to make sure that I, I don't like butcher this or anything. Um, so the 26th president of the United States. Um, but he was also, I found out that he remains the youngest person to become the president of the United States. And I just thought, I was like, okay, well, who better to put into this arena of people fighting to the death uh, than Theodore Roosevelt? I think that that would be, I think that that would be amazing. Um, it, it also, uh, where is it? Where is it? It says, um, oh, he, here it is. It says, uh, he integrated his exuberant personality, vast range of interests and world famous achievements into a cowboy persona defined by robust masculinity. Um, that's an amazing sentence. I hope that one day someone says that sentence about me. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think just the overall, like him as a president, I'm pretty sure he's, you know, in the, in probably the top 10, maybe even top five best presidents of all time. And I'm not going to argue with you about that because one, I don't care. And two, I don't know enough. Um, but from what I have read and from what other smarter people who do know what they're talking about have uh, uh, told me, um, he's a pretty good guy and he's also a pretty good leader. Um, and he was, he was obviously a great president. So, I think Teddy Bull Moose Roosevelt would be number two. Uh, all right, number three is going to be actually as soon as I as soon as I thought of Teddy Roosevelt, I was like, all right, I, I've got to I've got to pick pick another one of these these presidents as well. Um, hold on one sec. Take a, take a gander real quick. Take a guess of who the next president I'm going to choose. While I take this sip of beautiful beautiful Kentucky whiskey. 
Okay. All right. The third person I would choose would be good old honest Abe Lincoln. Um, obviously had his hands full with everything that was going on, um, you know, with slavery and everything that was going on while he, he was a president. Um, but from, from everything that, that I've read and obviously from, his own general background. I'm pretty sure he was, he was a good dude. He's also a big guy. I think a lot of people, maybe a lot of people um, don't realize that he was, he was actually a big dude here. So his height, he was six, four, this motherfucker was six, four. Um, So this was no, this was no small fella. This was a walking tree um, with a sweet beard and uh, an amazing uh, amount of integrity for, for his country. Um, but also, more importantly, this guy was born in Kentucky. So obviously, like I've got, I you know, I've got to represent my home, my home state here. Uh, yeah, he's he's he he was one of the one of the greatest of all time, and uh, yeah, he came came straight straight from my state. So Abe Lincoln takes the third spot. All right, the the fourth, we're gonna go on a little curveball here. Um, the fourth person that I choose is Denzel Washington. Now, I'm a big fan of Denzel and his work. Uh, I think that the movies that he's produced have given me so many good memories and just good experiences while watching a movie, Um, just evoking tons, tons of emotions with with all of his films. Um, But I just think his way of... You know what? Honestly, I just love Denzel Washington and I wanted to put him in here. I don't know how well he can actually fight in the movies. You know, this, you know, the equalizer, this dude's going to fuck you up. He's going to, he's going to, he's going to show you a thing or two. Training day. I mean, come on, come on, man. Like he's, he's going to, he's going to give somebody a run for their money. He may not, he may not fuck up Joe Rogan, but he could, uh, he could fight a few of these other people and maybe give it, give him a good shot. Um, but yeah, so my, my, Fourth person is Denzel Washington. The next person, so this is number five, is Serena Williams. And I had to, I had, I had to get a, uh, I had to get a female in there. And Serena Williams was one of the first ones that came to mind because she is a damn brick house. Okay, she, she's an amazing tennis player, um, but she's also got some of the most muscular thighs I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, and I say that out of complete admiration and respect, um, because I think she's a phenomenal athlete. I'm sure she's a, she's a great person too. I don't know. I know recently one of the Williams sisters got into, got into a little argument with the, uh, it was either the judge or maybe a ball boy or something like that. But anyway, I think Serena would fuck somebody up in, in this arena. I think, I think she would, figure out a way to at least defeat a couple of the guys. Um, but she could, she could run quick. She's got a lot of power. She's got a lot of good agility. Um, and if you've got a, we- if she's got a weapon in there or something, if she's got some type of steel mace or um, even yet, yeah, just anything where she's, w- that she's wielding, I think Serena would do a great job. Um, all right. Yeah. So let's see. One, two, Three, four, five. All right, number six. <laughs> Complete curveball here. I chose Adolf Hitler. <laughs> um, and plain and simple, the main reason I chose Hitler is so that we could watch him die. 
Yep. That's, that's essentially it because I have a feeling that Hitler can, uh, coerce a, a, a mass amount of people. But as far as defending himself one on one against Joe Rogan or Denzel Washington or even Serena Williams, my money is definitely not on Hitler. Um, so yeah, I think I think Hitler should definitely be thrown in there just more for our own amusement and for some some good old karma. Um, yeah, yeah, sounds about right. All right, number seven is going to be Elon Musk. Now, uh, well, I guess you know what I'm going to go ahead and say I'm going to go ahead and say number seven and number eight um, in this. Uh, I chose for for seven and eight. I chose Elon Musk. And Richard Feynman. Okay, so e- Elon Musk, everybody knows, whatever, um, founded founded uh, Tesla, and he also did um, what else? Hold on, one, Elon. Don't worry, I'm just gonna look this up real quick. Make sure I don't sound like too much of an idiot to remember what he he also founded. Well, it wasn't. No, I get him and um, I get him and Peter Thiel mixed up often. Um, he also, oh, yeah, SpaceX, right, yes, 100, oh, well, wait, he was also a co-founder of PayPal. Um, all right, anyway, he is a really smart dude. Um, I think, I think he's obviously, he's obviously a really intelligent guy, and, uh, uh, I think he could really do some damage on the arena field, um, especially, that's why I also chose Richard Feynman, because I thought it'd be really, so Richard Feynman, uh, was a was a physicist. He was one of the people to help create the first ever uh, atomic bomb. So that's pretty chill. Um, but he also did lots of cool things for math and science. But uh, I think I think yeah, if if Elon Musk and Richard Feynman like coerced together, I think that they could do some really really cool damage together. They would they would figure out something. They would build some type of weapon or vehicle, or uh, they would even maybe even talk to the other people and and talk them into working for them. I think there would be some type of of, of hypnotization going on w- with those two. I think they would work together and then eventually they'd have to fight to the death and it'd probably be, you know, a, a pretty boring fight to be honest, but but they would they they would get it done. They would just outsmart everybody else. Um all right. That was 7 and 8 and then I just realized I only had 10 names. And I'm going to keep it at 10 names because I thought I had 12, but I miscounted, but I'm going to keep it at 10. Uh, all right. Number nine, uh, I actually chose Amanda Nunez. And for people who don't know who Amanda Nunez is, I can't talk already. Um, you should look her up. She is probably, she's arguably the best female UFC fighter in the game right now. Uh, she would whoop mm, let's say out of all the men on earth right now let me think she would beat 99 i mean 99 for sure she would she would beat up 99 percent of women on earth right now um as far as men go um i'm gonna give i'm gonna give her a good i'm gonna give her a good 85 to 90 percent and that that last 10 percent are probably just 
some of the best UFC fighters in the world. So it'd probably even be closer to 90 to 95%. Uh, there, there might be some really big dudes that if they just got like one punch on her, or if they could like hold her, like squeeze her really tight, they could probably defeat her. But from the people that I have in this list, I think, I think Joe Rogan would, I think Joe Rogan would, would beat her up. Uh, but everybody else, there's no one else that's actually trained in mixed martial arts. So I think her and Rogan, actually, I think her and Rogan might be the last two people because I mean, if you're, if it's a fight to the death, and then you have those two. It's just like, if you're going on pure physicality, it's it's they're they're going to win this. Um, but all right, so that was number nine, and number ten is good old Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, I had to I had to use him. It's just I feel like if there's something like this, it would be absolutely ridiculous for me to not use Arnold. Uh, he's 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 huge. He's jacked. Um, he's like 113 years old, yet he still has bicep veins and a face that will not budge. Um, but I've got a lot of respect for the guy as far as what he's accomplished. He may have not always been the best dude as far as the actions that he's taken. Um, but as far as his ambitions and his desire to be one of the best... Uh, at what he does, no matter what that is, politics, bodybuilding, uh, movies, whatever. I, I really admire his drive and ambition. So I had to, I had to throw, I had to throw Arnold in there. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's going to be my, that's going to be my 10 people that I would pick to fight to the death to become the next leader of humanity. Uh, this is, that was, that was a great question. And uh, if you guys have any input on who you would choose, I would love to hear it. Um, all right, let's go ahead and move on to the next question because that took way too long. Um, but we're here. We're here. We're having a good time. I'm going to take another sip. I'm going to enjoy myself. Okay. All right. This next question. I hate love handles, but I hate cutting more. The one time I saw some improvement was when I cut carbs drastically. Progress reversed pretty quickly, though. In parentheses, pasta is life. Advice. Okay. I think it's pretty clear here. It said the one, she said the one time, uh, I think it's a she. Uh, the one time I saw improvement was when I cut carbs drastically. All right. So this is because you remove carbohydrates. Um, you are going to create a caloric deficit. This is just such a 180 from the last question. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to focus back in here. Um, okay. Yeah. Whenever you cut carbs drastically, that just means you're, you're going to be taking away calories. So you're creating a calorie deficit and, uh, that's where the weight loss is going to come from. However, the problem becomes whenever you, whenever pasta is life. And I do agree. Pasta is life. Um, but whenever that happens, you you it's not going to be sustainable for a long time because clearly you love carbohydrates. So the odds of you following through on a diet plan that removes carbohydrates completely is not going to be best for you. Um, so what I would just simply recommend is to find a, a diet that works for you. Um, you've got to be able to create a caloric deficit and... Uh, you don't need to cut carbs drastically. I think the the main thing that you need to do is is figure out um, one your how many 
calories you need to be eating on a daily basis to to lose um, to lose weight on a on a weekly to monthly basis. And based on that caloric content that you're eating each day, uh, figure out how many carbohydrates you you need. So I think the best thing to do is to first start with your protein. Um, and usually like 0.8 grams per pound of body weight is going to be a, a good route to go for, for protein. And then you can kind of, uh, just do the math and divvy out the, the carbs and fats, uh, based off of that. But if you prefer carbohydrates more, the research has been pretty clear that whenever calories are matched, um, whenever calories and protein are, um, uh, matched across the board, um, you can, you can eat your carbs and your fats based off your preference. Uh, so you can interchange those macros for your carbs and fats and you can still, still get the, the results you want. So if you like low carb, you can eat low carb. If you like low fat and high carb, you can do that as well. So clearly pasta is life. So I'd recommend you go a little bit higher carb and a little bit lower fat. Um, that should, should, should work out for you. All right. Question number three. If you could be any animal, what would you be? Okay. Um, let's see here. You want to know what I did for this question? I actually I actually looked it up on Reddit. Reddit always has amazing answers. And uh, I, I just, I typed in this question basically. And the, the one that came up was, which wild animal has the best life? And the... The, the top voted answer was a lobster. And the, the reason they said lobster was because they don't actually suffer from old age. They actually get bigger and bigger as they age and they increasingly get horny too. Um, so that sounds pretty great as you get older. Um, their main risk of mortality is outgrowing their shell and growing a new one, a period when they are vulnerable. They are not immortal, just that up until some external force kills them, they are living the life of Riley with no age-related degradation. Um, I'm not sure what that reference is exactly. Um, and they said minor downside of running the risk of being boiled alive if you're ever caught by humans. <laughs> So lobsters sound pretty cool. Um, the next the next answer that someone said was crows. They can fly and fucks aren't given. I mean, I you know, you can't you can't really argue with that logic. Um you know what? I, I didn't look at all of these because I wanted to go through these with you all and, and just kind of get my my actual reaction to each one of these. And this next answer is actually the one that I was thinking. Um, these next two answers actually I just saw are, are the two answers that I was thinking. And I've thought about this question before, um, but this person says, everyone here is wrong. The correct answer is the bald eagle. Why? Because you're federally protected. Oh, that's tough to say while well, I'm drunk. Uh, so not only are you an apex predator, humans will leave you alone. You can live anywhere from Florida to Alaska, and people are delighted to see you. If you want to eat fresh salmon every day, go ahead. If you hate stupid yippy dogs or yard cats, help yourself. Ducks and turtles are fair game too. The menu is exquisite for a bald eagle. And that, my friends, is the daggone truth if I've ever heard it. Uh, the other... <laughs> 
The other animal that someone mentioned was dolphins. I think that that's another really great example. Um, and their reasoning for this was they're the only other animal besides man who has sex purely for fun, um, which is amazing, honestly. And and this also, I want to, let me just, I'm going to finish, I'm going to finish this question on, on what this person wrote. So Landlubber77 while talking about dolphins, also said, and when you're a dolphin, you can fuck a chick and then just bounce. What's she going to do? Follow you to Belize? You can just tell her, all right, baby, I'll call you tomorrow and we can go do flips in the cove where we met. And then boom, smash cut to 24 hours later, you're in the warm waters off Havana or some shit, Telling all the local hottie dolphins an exciting story about how you had to leave where you came from when you got on the wrong side of some bull sharks and that if they stay with you, they'll never be safe, but they'll never be bored. You'll be drowning, so to speak, in that sweet, sweet dolphin pussy. (laughs) Oh, man, that... Uh, is one of the greatest things I've ever read in my entire life. I'm, I'm going to put a little bit more ice in my in my cup right now. I'm going to pour me a little bit more bourbon here because I'm I'm about to run low. But yeah, I think bald eagles, dolphins, and um, what they say, lobster. Yeah, those are all pretty. Those are all pretty cool answers in my opinion. Um, so yeah, I think that's 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 pretty chill. Um, all right, question number four. Uh, one sec, I'm pouring a little bit of bourbon here, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Just so you guys know, it's, uh, it's 11.59 p.m. right now, and I have a tea time at 7.30 in the morning. And so I've got to get up at about 6.15 tomorrow, and uh, I'm, doing this, I'm doing this for you guys because I really, really appreciate the the four listeners who are who are listening to me do this right now. But I, you know what, I I appreciate you guys, and I promise, um, uh, I will repay you at some point in life. All right, question number four: What is your biggest workout killer? Mine is when I get to the gym and I have to take a dookie. Workout equals dunzo. Let me just say that I love every single person that follows me. And for the people that write like that, I, um, I just really, I really enjoy you. And I want you to know that. Um, so my biggest workout killer is definitely going to be whenever I'm hungry. Uh, so I get to uh, like, it's usually whenever I pull up to the gym and I, I, I'm getting my bag out of my car and then I'm walking into the gym and I realize I, I, I feel that little tiny twinge of hunger. And that just means that I'm going to make it to about my second exercise and I'm going to start to get really hungry. And this means that my workout is going to be really shitty and I'm my blood sugar is going to be low and my perform, performance isn't going to be good. Um, I'm not going to look full. I'm not going to look vascular. And, uh, you know, that's just, I, I already know that the workout session is uh, flawed from the beginning. Um, the other workout killer is by, uh, um, what is it? By far? Yeah. By far and large. I think that's how you say it. Uh, no headphones, no headphones is absolutely the biggest buzzkill, um, ever 
because I mean, just do I even need to explain why that is? Um, yeah, you just the thing is, is like I don't even usually listen to music whenever I'm in the gym, but I like having headphones in because one, nobody else really will talk to you. Um, and two, I, I do like listening to, to podcasts while, while I lift. And I know that that's crazy to some people, but I do like listening to, to podcasts and catching up on podcasts that I, I don't normally get to listen to. So, uh, yeah, being hungry and having no headphones are absolutely the biggest workout killer, um, by far. Uh, all right. Question number five. I'm a 41-year-old mother of two, congratulations, that's amazing, um, five feet and two and a half inches tall. Uh, she weighs 108 pounds. Uh, I work out, uh, boot, boot, oh, wow, fuck, boot camp classes at my local gym four times a week, eat 80-20, and I'm still skinny fat, flabby triceps and thighs. I'm sure it's tough to help with such limited info, but any ideas how to get that uh, admittedly little yet very apparent and annoying fat burned off? Thank you. Um, all right. At first glance at this, I thought, first off, she said she eats 80-20. I'm not necessarily sure what that means and how she quantifies that. Uh, I'm assuming that means she eats she eats well 80% of the time and she she eats shitty 20% of the time. Um, but from what I know and from what the research says, it's probably more like 50-50 or 60-40. Uh, we the research has been very clear that we vastly overestimate um, uh, how well we eat. So for whenever people they'll, they'll do studies where they have people report um, how many calories they think they ate uh, in a meal or it might even be for an entire day. And it's just, it's ridiculously underreporting how many calories they actually eat. Uh, so the thing is, if you aren't actually tracking your food and in, unless unless maybe she's she's tracked her food for a long time and so she she knows what foods like how many calories are in certain foods what macronutrients are in certain foods um if that's the case then that's that's totally great she she might be more accurate in her description but unless she has tracked for a while um i would definitely uh recommend to to start tracking your food some uh the other thing i would ask is how are you measuring progress? Uh, you said you, you're, you're working out four times a week, you're eating 80-20, and you're still skinny fat. Um, any ideas how to get that annoying fat burned off? Um, you know, so how are you measuring if what you're doing is working or not? That is the, the key question. People can tell me what they're doing all day long, but what's most important is how do you know if what you're doing is working or not. And, and the way that you find that out is you have to measure something. Uh, and this comes down to tracking your calories or um, and also tracking your weight, uh, taking measurements, taking body measurements, uh, tracking your, your, your gym progress. You're doing boot camp classes at your local gym. Uh, so I'm actually not a huge fan of boot camp classes. I get it. I, I'm not like dogging on them. I think if that's 
um, what gets you motivated to get to the gym, then that's amazing. But you said you're skinny fat. And so that means that you must, well, you said you have flabby triceps and thighs. That could just be a little bit. I mean, you might be exaggerating a little bit. You might just have a little bit of excess body fat. And, and that's totally okay. That just means that you have to lose more fat. But another thing that you could do is also build more muscle. And if you want to build more muscle, boot camp classes probably aren't going to be your best bet. You're just not going to be able to accumulate enough volume. Sure, you're going to be able to um, build up some endurance and, and things like that. It's a great cardiovascular workout. But as far as building muscle, uh, circuit training and, and boot camp classes are very subpar unless they are highly focused around the main lifts but even then the rest periods are going to be so short um, you're not going to be able to accumulate enough volume to actually build muscle so i would try to get in a few days so if you do the boot camp classes you can maybe do it like two times a week or three times a week and then try to get in two more um bodybuilding slash strength type workouts uh, where you're where you're lifting heavier weights you're resting for longer periods of time and then you're focusing on progressing on um, those weights either you're you're getting more reps you're getting more sets um, or you're adding more weight to the bar over time uh, that's the main way that you can build muscle and then as far as losing the body fat obviously that's going to come down to your diet if you're eating 80 20 um, again I would I would put that to the test I would really track your food and um, really see how much you're actually eating on a day-to-day basis and anytime that somebody is struggling with something the more data that you the more objective data you can get at ie tracking your food and figuring out exactly, not guessing, actually knowing how much food you're eating on a day-to-day basis and how much you weigh, what your measurements are, um, et cetera, the more objective data you have, the more feedback you're going to be able to get and the easier your adjustments are um, going to be um, to make. So yeah, that's that's my answer for that. And that was honestly better than I thought it was going to be. And I had to really focus really hard to try and, and say all that and sound at least somewhat smart okay let's see here question number six and oddly enough this (laughs) this question was kind of asked on the last uh, on the uh, last drunk cast and that question is how many eight-year-olds could you beat in a fight explain your strategy i don't understand why people are so obsessed with fighting underage children um, but I'm here for it and I'm going to give you an answer. I would fight them in a dicks. So a dicks sporting goods. The reason why is because I would get in all the, um, I would wear like, I'm trying to think I would either wear like a catcher's uniform or, uh, I would wear like shoulder at, yeah, I would definitely wear shoulder pads and shit. Yeah. I would wear shoulder pads. I'd wear a helmet. I would get a, um, I would get a baseball bat. And let's see what else I would have cleats so that if I wanted to kick somebody in the face, I could use my cleats and it would, it would, it would stab them in the face. Um, yeah, then I would have a bat and I would also, uh, I was trying to think about, so eight year olds, you know, they're, they're obviously little kids, but they're not going to be, you know, they're, 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 
they're five years away from being teenagers. So they're not going to be super scrawny. And um, there's some there's some pretty big eight-year-olds out there. So I, But the thing is, they're not going to be super tall. So what I think in this is I need to I need to find a high ground. And if I can find a high ground at Dick's with a with some shoulder pads on and I would have on some uh some some shin pads um I would have on uh the the rest of a football uniform probably just just have padding around my around my thighs and my knees um helmet shoulder pads I would have a bat I'm trying to think what I have in the other arm um so I'd have a bat in one hand I don't know I'd probably just I would just have a bat and I would um yeah I would hit the shit out of every kid that came near me and I would also kick them in the face if I would need to. Yep. Yeah, I think that would be it. So so yeah. That's uh that's how 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 uh oh so it actually wants a real number. How many eight year olds could you beat in a fight? Explain your strategy. So I just explained the strategy. As far as how many actual eight year olds, I would say depending on how fast they rushed me. I would say, honestly, I, I would say like in the 30s. I would say that's probably how 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 many I could I could go for. Because eventually, I'm gonna get tired if they're bum rushing me or whatever from all angles. Um, those little creatures are gonna climb up there and they're gonna they're gonna get me. They're gonna swarm me from all angles. So um, yeah, I would say maybe 30s, 40s on a good day. Um, so yeah, that that's what it, that's what it would be. All right. Question number seven. Okay, all right. Question number seven, which is, <laughs> why is, this is another 180, why is 85 grams the standard serving size for vegetables and fruits? Um, I have no idea. I don't think that that's the standard size for vegetables and fruits. I know it's not for fruits because fruits can definitely be heavier than that. Um, I think this is mainly just for vegetables because 85 grams is a decent amount. If you have 85 grams of like a banana or something like that, that's going to be, that's going to be quite a bit. Um, and also we have to remember that in the U S it's going to be different than say like in the UK, the UK they have, um, well, I guess in, in most, uh, I, I believe in most of Europe, they're going to have, uh, they also have the hundred gram serving size, which is. So fucking confusing in my opinion, but um, yeah, I don't know why they do that. I think it's mainly just veggies, and I think it's because 85 grams even just of spinach is only going to be like 20 calories. So they have to make it somewhat reasonable to even get to 20 calories. So 85 grams might be might be around there. Um, I could be wrong, but I think that's, that's the answer. Um, all right. Question number eight. If there was such thing as McLeod's Law, what would it entail? Um, so, for, so for everyone who doesn't know how to pronounce my last name, it is pronounced McLeod. Um, so if there was such a thing as McLeod's Law, what would it entail? And I had to think about this for a second because a law is, is different than a, uh, than a theory and uh, it's different than a hypothesis or whatever. I think the the law is actually um, it's a statement of um, it's a statement of an observation of a phenomena. I think that's I think that's what it was. Let's see. Let me make sure. Let me make sure I'm right here. Um, 
these laws simply describe an observation. Yeah, so it's it's um, a law is a statement about an observed phenomenon or a unifying concept. Uh, so yeah, so that's what I was thinking in, in terms of what I would make this law. And so what I would create, or what, I guess what I have observed is the amount of positive value you bring to others is proportionally rewarded back to you. Uh, so the the amount of impact, the amount of value uh, that, uh, that you can, can help other people, that value and uh, whatever you are seeking in life is going to be rewarded back to you. So you help more people, um, in turn, you are going to be um, proportionally rewarded back. Uh, I think that that's that, that, that's a great question. It took me a second to think about it, um, but as far as uh, an actual law, I feel like that's that's pretty that's pretty close. I feel like that makes sense. Obviously, that's not always the case. Um, sometimes it could be uh, way more than that, and sometimes people can bring tons of value to other people, and then it may not uh, live up to the same proportion, but. Um, for the most part, I think it's, it's usually rewarded back, uh, at least twofold. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what I think about that. Um, question number nine. All right. Um, okay. Are probiotics necessary? Um, so probiotics, um, are essentially, let's see, let me make sure I don't butcher this. Um, so probiotics are live bacteria ingested with the intention of enriching the gut. Um, and so for, for the most part, people take probiotics to promote gut health. And so you can take this as, uh, you can take this as a supplement in, in capsule form, uh, or you can also take it in, um, fermented food products such as yogurt, uh, so like Greek yogurt, um, kefir, I think that's how you say it, kimchi or sauerkraut. Um, so it's just fermented foods, it's live bacteria that you consume and then it helps um, with the uh, the uh, bacterial cultures already in your um, stomach and uh, gut in general. I don't think, and, and listen, probiotics are a very... Despite what all these holistic coaches and everybody on social media is, is, is trying to tell you about gut health and, and probiotics and everything, um, it's still very new research and probiotics are very complex and, and complicated and they're going to be, um, strain specific. There's different strains of probiotics. Um, and, and, uh, so this means that Whenever you have studies and certain things like that on probiotics, it's going to be very contextual to everything that's going on. So it's going to be the individual microbiomes. Um, it's going to be the individual diets and the, the, the study design uh, is all going to be important. And there's not tons of research out on this. Uh, so no matter what everyone tells you, there's still not tons of data on this topic. But there have been multiple studies that have illustrated a protective effect uh, of probiotic supplementation against high-fat diet-induced changes in insulin sensitivity and obesity. Um, so this just means uh, people who are eating a high-fat diet uh, and that um, 
may have poor insulin sensitivity. So uh, to put this in layman's terms, it's essentially being able to control your uh, blood glucose levels, so your blood sugar. Um, that's that's it, it. It will help with that. Um, and then also, many studies have shown that specific probiotic strains improve symptoms of inflammatory bowel disease. So IBD, uh, if you have um, already, if you already have certain GI issues, they could be helpful. Um, for most people, uh, long story short, you're you're probably not going to need them. And uh, I think the main thing, the main points here is going to be um, as long as you stay at a normally healthy weight, you keep your, your body at a healthy weight because as you increase your body fat, your, your actually your inflammation of your body goes up and your, your whole systemic inflammation in your body increases. So keeping your body fat down at a, at a, uh, uh, a normal weight is going to be super helpful for, for allowing your, your gut microbiome biome to flourish appropriately and then also eating tons of fruits and vegetables and whole grains and and high fiber foods is is also going to to help you um stay regular keep your gut health um managed appropriately and just for the most part people don't need to be taking all these things because any people who are going to eat kefir, Greek yogurt, sauerkraut, and kimchi on a daily basis to improve their health, probably already have really good health to begin with. Um, so for the most part, your body's really fucking good at doing what it's supposed to do, so you don't have to do tons of extra dumb shit whenever you're doing all the basics right. Um, yeah, so that's my little my little rant on on probiotics because just people... They they think they're way more broken than they are, and they don't give their body this amazing, uh, you know, system of complex mechanisms and just things that we can't even understand. Um, it's it, it they're it, the the body's abilities to to do what it does to survive over millions and billions of or millions and millions of years. Um, yeah, we just we've got to give the body more credit than than we do. And uh, I'm pretty sure, you know, people people haven't had probiotic supplements, and they've been they've been just fine. Just keep your keep your diet well, keep your body fat down, and you should uh, you should be good to go. All right, question number ten. All right, this is a good one. I like this one. Um, yeah, I do like this one. I'm definitely going to write more about this topic. So, how to shred fat without counting calories. Um, so for some of my clients, whenever they get really busy or whenever they just get tired of tracking calories or if they find it too, um, if they're kind of more neurotic and they get too obsessive over their weight and over tracking calories and everything like that, um, I'll put them on a habit-based plan. Um, and so I, I send them a habit-based tracker and what I would do is it's a um, it's in the form of a point system, and every single day I give you five to six things to do, and if you hit if you hit one of those things, you get one point. Um, so if you have so I have for an example for this person, I have six things for them to do every single day. 
Um, it's just one action to do every single day. Um, they get one point and so they can get six points total for the entire day. And I'll go ahead and just sh share this with you. Um, so one of the things I have them do is three to five whole meals with no snacking in between those meals. Um, and the reason why I do that is because this makes you think about your meals uh, entirely and make sure that you get at least three to five full meals per day. Um, because lots of times with the snacking, people just snack throughout the day. Um, they'll have a little bit of this here. They'll have a little bit of this there. Um, and just throughout the day, those calories add up and they don't even realize it. So making sure that they have those meals at certain times of the day, um, usually spread between three and six hours apart is going to be ideal. So that if you have three to five meals with no snacking in between, you get one point. You can get another point if each meal slash snack contained at least 25 grams of protein. Uh, so making sure that each one of those contain 25 grams of protein, this is going to ensure that you uh, um, get quite a bit of protein in um, for the entire day. Uh, and this also makes sure that each meal uh, has a high quality protein source. So if you can get at least 25 grams at each one of those meals or snacks, that means you're going to get... Uh, um, you're going to fully stimulate muscle protein synthesis um, and you're going to be good to go. Uh, so that would be another point if you would do that. Um, the next one would be you consumed at least three servings of fruits and or vegetables. Um, that's pretty self-explanatory. Just make sure that you don't eat complete dog shit all day. Um, the fourth point would be zero liquid calories. Uh, and this is uh, sans shakes. So if you have a protein shake or something like that, then that's totally okay. But this goes as far as like um, juices or like sweet tea or um, like Gatorade or uh, soda. Um, all of those things are going to be liquid calories. And those are just whenever you're trying to lose body fat, um, those are not helping you in any way because they are not satiating. Uh, the fifth point would be that they worked out that day. So either worked out um, or walked or, or some type of movement, something like that would earn them another point. And finally, the last point would be they only have one dessert per day. Uh, and I also made sure that I put in parentheses that the dessert is less than 250 calories. Um, because if you have one dessert, that's, I mean, uh, one dessert could be, you know, 1500 calories easy. So only one dessert per, per day, that is less than 250 calories. So essentially you're going to have daily actionable goals um, and you can make it into a point system, but it, it's essentially not focusing on the calories per se. Um, but if you focus on getting 25 grams of protein per meal, if you focus on getting three servings of fruits and or vegetables per day, uh, it's highly likely that you're, you're going to eat less calories than you normally do. And this means that you're going to be able to lose body fat. Um, I wouldn't say it's the most effective and most efficient way, um, but if it creates less stress uh, and you're not as obsessed about it, I think that it is a completely viable solution. Um, all right, question 11. All right, we only have 13 total, so we're, we're almost done here. But question 11, it is a, uh, it's a good one. A little sip. All right, boxers or briefs? 
Um, okay, so I'm actually very picky about this question because I like to wear boxers whenever I'm wearing sweats, um, whenever I'm wearing shorts, um, just any, basically any type of, I match, I match my undergarments to um, the, the, the type of pants that I'm wearing. So if I'm wearing, if I'm wearing basketball shorts, if I'm wearing sweats um, that aren't super tight, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and rock boxers. I'm just going to be, I'm going to be a complete free bird. Um, but if I'm wearing like tight jeans or slacks or, um, tight, like, uh, jorts or something like that, I'm going to rock briefs every day because you can't wear, you can't wear those big bulky, um, and baggy boxers whenever you're trying to wear tight pants. It just doesn't, uh, it doesn't go together. So for the most part, I'm usually rocking boxers, but if I'm going to go out to eat or if I'm going to go somewhere where I'm a little bit more dressed up, I'm definitely going to be rocking briefs. Um, yeah, so that's a, that's a, that's a good question. The thing with briefs, I would wear briefs more, but, um, I just, unless you find really good briefs, they just, they're too tight. They ride up, um, Everything just gets really hot down there. And, you know, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not trying to do that. If I'm just trying to chill and do some work, I'm going to, I'm going to rock boxers all day long. Okay. Question number 12. All right. I didn't know exactly what they meant by this question, um, but I'm assuming, I'm, I'm assuming I, I get what they're saying. So all they said was food combining, comma, fact or myth. All right. Um, hold on one second. I'm going to take a sip water here. Okay. Um, I'm assuming whenever they say food combining, uh, I do know that there's been a, um, there's been some articles and things like that, especially here in the, uh, in the past, maybe not recently, but talking about combining like fats and carbs together in the same meal. Uh, lots of people have spewed out that you shouldn't have fats and carbs in the same meal, um, because of a multitude of dis different reasons. Um, so I would say it's a myth. You can absolutely eat carbs and fats together and not have any issues whatsoever. Um, the, the thing that people miss here is that your body is not just an on or off switch whenever it comes to fat loss. So if you eat a meal with, uh, lots of carbs and lots of fats, it doesn't mean you're automatically going to gain lots of fat. What's 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 going to happen is your um, your body's going to maybe store fat like right after that meal, um, but then it depends on what you eat the rest of the day. That's going to determine if it burns that fat off uh, or not. And this is why your total calories for the entire day are going to be the most important because it's a it's more of a net score as opposed to a meal to meal score. Um, so you can absolutely combine carbs and fats, but what you could do, um, is in, in order to balance out your, your carbs and fats, uh, from meal to meal is to have, so, so for every meal you want to have protein for sure. That's kind of, that's going to go ahead and be a given for every single meal. You should have protein with it. You should have a good protein source. Um, but let's say in the morning, Whenever you first wake up, you could have a higher protein and a higher fat meal, and you could have a low carb, or you could even do, um, you could do like a high protein, moderate fat, and a low carb, uh, 
uh, meal for breakfast. And then for lunch, let's say your pre-workout or something like that, you could do a high protein, high carb, but a low fat meal. Um, so just balancing this, this ratio of carbs to fats throughout the day could, could help you, uh, even without counting calories or counting macronutrients, um, it can help you balance out the, that carb and fat ratio. Because if you're, if you're eating tons of carbs and tons of fats at every single meal, yeah, obviously those calories are going to add up really quick. But if you're having just protein and carbs mostly at one meal and then having just protein and fats at the next meal, then, you know, you're going to be able to balance out your, your calories a lot better, um, than just eating them all at once. But if you have a little bit more experience, I would absolutely recommend for the most part, you have, protein, carbs, and fats at each meal, um, except for maybe around your workout. That's typically for me, at least whenever I'm going to have, um, uh, I'm going to have a little bit more carbs and a little bit less fat. Um, so yeah, again, personal preference and what you can adhere to long-term is going to be the most important. Okay. Question number 13, the very last question, and that deserves one final sip. This was actually, I, um, I saw who it was from. This was from my mom and my sister. And I think that is absolutely adorable. Um, and they said, what's your favorite family trip? Um, so my favorite family trip, the ones that stick out to me a lot, um, of course, the ones that I've gone on here recently, uh, with, with my girlfriend and my family, I just, you know, you have the, you might even have the recency bias there where it's just mostly fresh in my mind. Um, but I, I have a lot of fun with my family and, and especially as I get older, uh, I begin to cherish and appreciate it more and more. Um, and also, you know, I get to drink alcohol and I get to get to, you know, experience life, a little bit more with with my parents than I did as a kid, um, but one of my favorite family trips was the uh, one of the Disney cruises that I went on um, as a kid. And I know some people think the cruises are ridiculous or they don't like them or whatever. But as a kid, whenever you go on these Disney cruises, man, it's like it's just it's 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 a different world and you, whenever you're still hardcore invested into these characters and into the magic of Disney, um, it's just, it's really something special. And the Disney cruises had, and it was just cool because, right, it's like you, you pay for cruises, you pay everything up front. And so what I did, what I loved doing was going, getting an ice cream like every like three hours or something like that. I would go um, with one of my buddies because I went on the Disney cruise with two other families um, that were were close friends with my parents and they had kids my age. So we, you know, we, we all hung out and we would get to run around the, the cruise ship, um, obviously within reason, um, but we, we would get to run around the cruise and I would always go up to the... Um, uh, the, the food bar or whatever and get, I would get some ice cream. I would get some chicken tenders. I would just get whatever I want because everything was free. It's all inclusive. Right. Um, so I think I was, I was probably, 
I want to say I was in like the 10 to, yeah, I was probably around 10, I feel like. Um, I was, I was around that age, 10 to 12, maybe. Um, but it was, it was such, such a good time. I, I really, really enjoyed, um, those trips because I loved the free food. I loved the magic of Disney. I loved the, um, whenever you went out to dinner, whenever you went out to dinner, they, you could get, you could get an appetizer. You could get two entrees if you wanted to. You're like, oh, let me get, I'm thinking about getting the lobster or maybe I'll get the steak or oh, I'll just fucking get both of them because you can get both of them. Um, you can get whatever you want and then you could also get a dessert with it as well. And uh, yeah, that, that was just, that was really cool to me. I was just like, yeah, you know what? I want this, but I also want this. Uh, and as a kid, you're just like, whenever you have that type of freedom, it just feels cool. Uh, the, the, the staff was, was really cool as well. The people on the crew, um, they also made you feel really welcome. We always had one special thing whenever you go on cruises, um, at least on this cruise, uh, we always had the same uh, waiter and waitress uh, for for dinner, and so we would go back. We would always see them. We talk t- talk to them by name. Um, they would remember us. We would joke around with each other. They would just really treat us really well, and uh, that that made it really special. But then, of course, uh, you know, being being with my family and and experiencing all those those things. Uh, uh, those little magical moments as a child with your family, uh, that's always going to hold a, a special place in your heart. And, and going on those cruises and things like that, it's just, it was, it was a different world. Whenever you're 10, 12 years old, you know, you've never been on a cruise, you've never been on a boat that big. Just being on a boat that big is, is uh, cool enough in itself. But having all of those perks that went along with it, um, because also Disney, you know, like the fucking, like the walls at, at at dinner would would change like they had like these drawings on the walls and and the uh like the colors and things of it like it would like glow in the dark it would do all kinds of crazy stuff and then of course some of the nights they would have the characters come in and they would like have dinner they'd be signing autographs or or taking pictures or whatever um but those those moments as a kid man it's just um you know it's it's really uh, it's really something special. Um, so yeah, I, uh, Disney cruises, shout out to Disney cruises. I don't know if they're that great anymore. If you hate cruises, I'm sorry, but I really, I really enjoy those times. And, um, every, every vacation I've been on with my family has been, been a special one. Um, I definitely, uh, cherish those moments, um, especially as I get older. I think, I think that should be just about it. As far as the questions goes, I think those are the main ones I wanted to answer. I think we're about an hour in, so this is a uh, this is a good place to uh, cut it off. I've had too much alcohol. It's now twelve thirty-seven a.m. I've got to wake up in like five fucking hours or something, six hours. Um, but yeah, that's. I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and cut it there. So, yeah, if you made it to the very end, you know what? If you made it to the very end, send me a DM and I'm going to hook you up. I'm just just I'm going to go ahead and state it right now on the record. If you made it to the end of this, send me a DM um and and I'm going to hook you up because I want to uh appreciate all the people who listen all the way through uh and I really 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 appreciate 
um, everybody's support who, who listens to this. So yeah, thank you guys. And, um, yeah, this is the drunk cast and we will do another one soon enough. And, uh, if I didn't get to your question, I'm sorry. Uh, you can, you can send me a DM or whatever, or send me an email and I'd be happy to answer it. Or you can, you can wait until next time and, and go ahead and submit your question. I'll make sure to write it down. And uh, I, I think I'm going to try and do this maybe every month or so because I really enjoy doing them and question and answers are a good, fun way for me to connect with you guys. Um, and I really enjoy doing them. I really enjoy disguising drinking alcohol as work. So everybody, enjoy yourselves, be safe, and uh, until next time.